fruit, the evidence of a promise. Fruit, the evidence of a promise. If I may quickly just try to give you a summary of what I'm about to say is this. God cannot give you a promise without giving you an evidence of the fulfillment of that promise. Amen? Anytime God gives you a promise, he makes sure he gives you something that will make you know that what he said will come to pass. And not just that, he wants you to experience that thing so that you can have faith to move on to get to the fullness. Hallelujah. I'm going to be speaking both ways, spiritually and naturally. But occasionally, if you have ever heard God say a word to you before, then the faith I'm about to share with you is you should now begin to experience part of the thing you get at the fullness. So if God said you're going to be a rich man, you should start being rich today. If God ever told you that I'm going to make you a wealthy man, by now you should be experiencing some measure of the wealth that you are going to have tomorrow. That is the only thing that will make you believe. And God makes sure he brings that to pass in your life. Some of the evidences that we're going to get in such situations is sometimes you're going to be finding unusual favor in the heart of people. You're going to find a relationship. People just coming around you, things just working out for you. They are all propelling you to get to the fullness to experience all of it. Anyway, let me go to the scriptures. Go to 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 1, rather. 2 Corinthians, let's look at chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse number 20 to 22. 2 Corinthians 1. 20 to 22. The Bible says, For all the promises of God, in him are ye and in him, amen. Unto the glory of God by us. Amen. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Verse 22 says, Who has also seen us, and what did he do? Giving us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Now this is a foundation I want to lay for you. He made a promise. He gave us something. Did you get that? The thing he gave to us is to enable us to know the promise he gave to us will be fulfilled. Now, it means the spirit, the earnest he has given to us is only a pointer to a full realization of what the promise is. The promise is not just the spirit. The promise is the evidence that there's something that is forthcoming. But he wants you to taste the fullness of what he has already promised you. Are you there? Okay. Now, I would like to give you a story of this in the book of Genesis chapter 38. In Genesis 38, 
There is this story of Judah. Judah had a son. El, there was a fourth son. This fourth son died when he got married. And uh, Judah decided that the second son, which is Onan, should go into El's wife and make a seed for her. Now, El, I mean, Onan felt if he makes a seed out of this woman, it's not going to be his name. It's going to be his brother's name. So he decided not to make it. And the Bible said, God slew him. And that there was a, a tall boy. And God now said, I mean, the father now said, Judah now said, now spoke to the woman and said, you go to your father's house until this boy grows up. When this boy grows up, we call you back. He will now marry you. You know, because the law says, when a brother dies, his own brother should take the wife. Remember that? Okay. So the third brother was supposed to marry this woman. At the end. Now, when the boy grew up, the father did not go to get this woman to come back to marry the boy. And the girl realized that this boy has grown up to the point of getting married. But he's left alone. And so she pretended to be a harlot. And covered her face and went to the street on the road to Timat. And not Timati anyway. So, was very close. And that's the place for sheep sharing. Uh, Judah was going to share sheep. So, Timati or Timat should be a very fruitful place. Eh? Okay, then. Praise the Lord. And uh, she, she disguised herself and sat on the road. And the father came in. The father-in-law, Judah, came in there and saw this woman. And uh, he felt she was a prostitute. And then she entered into conversation with her. I, I would like to sleep with you. And the woman said, okay, what will you give to me? So okay, I'm going to give you a she-goat or a goat. I said, okay, what is the evidence that you give me the goat? And, and the man said, okay, if you really want to, me to believe you, give me your singlet, give me your staff. Now, let's read it. Let's read it. Go to verse 16. And he turned unto her by the way and said, Goto, I pray thee, let me come in unto thee. For he knew that she knew not that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What will thou give me that thou mayest come in unto me? And he said, I will send thee a kid from the flock. Out of my wealth, I'll give to you. And she said, Will thou give me a pledge? Till thou send it? Are you listening? Verse 18 said, And he said, What pledge shall I give thee? And she said, Thy singlet, and bracelet, and thy staff that is in the hand. And he gave it her, to her, and she conceived by him. Now, if you wrote down this story, we are told after three months, there was, there was this news that came out that this woman is pregnant. And the father-in-law said, hey, come and bring her. She must die. And then, they brought her. And the next thing is, before you kill me, I want you to design who owns these properties. Singlet, this staff, and the bracelet. Who owns it? And Judah said, oh, you are more righteous than me. 
Now, what I want you to understand is this. This woman made a demand. Judah promised the kid or the goat to this woman. But she said, what is the evidence that you give me the goat? So the bracelet, the singlet, and the star became the evidence that there will be redemption of the goat. If God makes a promise, he will give you an evidence. Are you listening to me? That evidence is the pledge. That evidence is your assurance. That evidence is your faith. That evidence is your conviction. That evidence is the basis on which you can stand to have hope for that which is to come. Okay. Now, the word pledge there is Arabon, which actually means an exchange or a pawn, giving us security or as a pledge. The word properly signifies an annex of something promised as part of the prize agreed for between a buyer and a seller. By giving and receiving of which the bargain was ratified or deposit which was to be restored when the third promise, when the thing promise was given. Is that okay? I want you to understand. The, the, the promise which is a pledge actually stands as a guarantee. In other words, if God gives you or you made a promise. Okay, let me bring it this way. Some of you have uh, sold on credit and some of you have also bought on credit. Am I right? Okay. Now, if you want to buy on credit, for instance, and somebody said, I won't say completely on credit. Maybe the product is about 2000 And you say, okay, let me give you 500 Is that okay? Let me give you 500 And then when I come to collect it, I give you the balance. Now, if you pay 500 even if without taking the product from the shop, the owner of the shop will not sell it anymore. Do you understand that? If anybody looks at it, I don't want to buy it. Say, no, it belongs to somebody. It belongs not that you are paid off, but just because you paid a deposit. So your deposit is a guarantee that what you are buying, you will finally get it. Are you listening to this? Now it means when God makes a promise to you, He gives you a guarantee. He wants you to trust Him. And if to him, if he doesn't give you the guarantee, you will not have no faith or belief to get what you are supposed to get. So he gives you a promise. And not just the promise, he gives you something to guarantee that that which has promised you will finally come to be. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Let's look at the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Praise the Lord. In Hebrews 11, and we look at this one, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is basically the King James. Faith is the subsistence of things hoped for. That is, listen, I want you to understand something here. Not just the substance. If you go to the original Greek, it's not just the issue of substance. It's the subsistence. In other words, Faith is what sustains what God has promised you. So by implication of faith is the, is the guarantee. And it's not just the issue of the guarantee. Faith is the down payment. Faith is the earnest or the evidence that what God promised you is going to make it to pass. 
Are you there? Now, the demonstration of this no sin, the Greek word for substitute is apostasis, which signifies subsistence, that it becomes a foundation for another thing to stand on. Amen? Listen, and this is very crucial. The subsistence that could become the foundation for another thing to stand on. And uh, I don't know, I'm going to illustrate this. But if you look at the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 11, there's a scripture there that I want you to know. It says, no man will ask for a fish, you get a stone. Is that okay? Neither will you ask for bread, and what will you get? You get a serpent. You know what? What you ask for, or what God promised you, is what he gives to you. And there is a law in mathematics that says the same thing. Who says, the square of the base of a rectangle, triangles equal to the differences of the squares of the other two sides. In other words, there can never be a difference from the base. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The two sides makes up equals the base of a rectangle triangle. So we look at you, are a mathematician. Okay. But, but, am I right? Praise God. In other words, if God promised you a basket full of fruits, and he gave you one fruit, you don't expect gravels in the fullness of the basket. What he gave to you, that fruit he gave to you, is the full basket of fruit you get. Good. It's a sample. Which that one is the base making up the two squares of the rectangle triangle. Is that, is that, is that take it? So the whole square put together, the rectangle triangle put together, is the whole basket. But the base he gave to you is your subsistence, which has to do with your faith. And now the evidence of your faith is what you can handle. Now listen closely. That's what faith is now. What you can touch today, prove what will come tomorrow. Faith is not hope. Faith is not just a willful thinking. Faith is not confession. Faith is what you can see that points to the fullness. So if the promise is a full basket of orange fruits, you got one fruit today. That one fruit is your faith to say, at the end of the day, you are going to get a full basket of oranges. Am I talking to someone here? So faith is not just a matter of confessing. Faith is a matter of realizing what is coming for tomorrow. So if God says you are going to be a rich man, I see you riding on a car today. I see you living well today. I see you enjoying the things of life today. Because they point to the fullness of what he promised. They have to be evidence. Hmm. I'm going to give you another thing. Just move on a little bit. If you look at this from the message translation, look at what he says. Look at what he says. The fun fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the first foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Is our handle on what we can see. Watch this. 
Now, if God promised me words, I should be able to begin to handle some money. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I should be able to handle something. Eh? It's not because there are prophecy comes and you see, you're going to be a rich man. You're going to be a rich man. I say, I believe, I believe. No, 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 no. Some money should start coming. Am I talking to someone? Come on, is there anybody here with me? You should start seeing some money. When, we say, when you look at this money, so yes, this thing is going to increase. There's a promise, but you start seeing some money now. God said, I'm going to heal you. It's not a thing of tomorrow. You shall see sign now. There have to be some evidence. There have to be some things you can handle. Some things you can taste. Some things you can experience. I'm not talking of mystical faith. I'm talking of the faith that you can touch and handle. He says what you can handle. I'm still going to prove that to the Bible. Are you sitting there with me? You see the woman... She got her faith that the God will be given to her with the singlet, the bracelet, and the staff that Judah gave. All those things put together speaks of the goat. Are you still there? You are going to get an evidence. <laughs> you are ready for an evidence. Are you still there with me? <laughs> You are ready for an evidence. And if you be student and there is an aspiration and you're sure God has made you this. Listen to me. Who are you supposed to be already made? But there have to be some evidence to prove that this is who I'm supposed to be. Am I talking to someone? That is why you don't struggle to locate subjects. You should know who you are as you grow up. Jeremiah didn't struggle to be a prophet. He knew he was a prophet. The evidence was in his life. Are you there? So if God has called you to become a medical doctor, the evidence is going to be from today, your brain shall be open and there is no scientific equation that will be difficult for you to ravel. There has to be no evidence. Are we together? The Israelites, for instance, they have the evidence of the promised land for the God there. I'll give you an example. <laughs> Look at Numbers 13. They got an evidence. Am I right? Before they go there. <laughs> the only reason why you can't step into the fullness is to deny the evidence God has laid before you. When even in the midst of that evidence, you still doubt. That's where you can go in. Are you still there? Look at this. Numbers 13 verse 23. And they came unto the brook of Eskom and called them from there. Now you know, Moses said that go and spy. Twelve spies. Remember that? If you read the whole story, twelve spies from each tribe. Hey, glory. I wouldn't want to talk about that, but the truth is each person that represented tribe has a mission, has a mandate from God to be able to stand before him and to give some report. Now watch this. Verse 23. And they came unto the brook of Eskom and called them from there a branch with one cluster of grapes Excuse me. And the bed between two upon a staff and the brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. Now, go to verse 27. The sex line, all of that, after 40 days sex. Is that okay? And they told him and said, 
We came into all the land with it that said it was. And surely it flowed with meat and honey. And this is the fruit of it. What did he say? The evidence. Say, come, look, look. What God said is true. Look at the fruit. This is the way the land looks like. They have not been there yet. But they got the fruit. That is faith. Are you done with me? They have not been to the land. But the fruit they brought to tell them what the land looks like. Even if you're going to tell 100 years ago that they know exactly what the land is going to be. My friend, listen to me. You should be able to know something about your future. By what God will do for you now. Are you there with me? I believe in a God of promise. I also believe in a God that gives fruit of the promise he has made. So they came and said, this is the fruit, Moses. We saw the land. Exactly the way God said, that is the way it is. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. We can go there. Yeah, they couldn't go in because some people said, we saw the anarchy. Of a true friend. Moses told them, find out who are those dwelling in the place. He never told them there. But just let us know those dwelling there. Now, the report was not to emphasize those dwelling there because God had already said, I'll give you the land. Yes, God will speak to you about words. It's not to say there might not be obstructions. But the evidence of the words in your life shows you are going to get to the place God said you are going to be. The obstructions notwithstanding. You shouldn't be thinking about the anarchies on that land. You should be thinking about the fullness of that which God has promised. Praise the living God. It's never a time God makes a promise to you and there will be no challenge. Never a time God makes a promise to you and they are going to sail through freely without obstruction. No way. But your eyes must not be on the challenges. Your eyes should be on the promises. Caleb and Joshua could trust in the fruit they brought. And that is why they could enter the land and the other people couldn't enter. They trust in the evidence that God gave to them. What evidence is God giving to you? That your life will not remain the way it is. You should be able to have some evidence. You are wondering, but I don't know. You will know if you don't know. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? God will start speaking to you from today. God will start opening some chapters to you from today. You'll be able to see one or two things today. God is truly with me. Hallelujah. Let me give you another scripture in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6. If you look at verse 5, the Bible says, And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. The power of the world to come is the same thing as the power of the age to come. Now watch this. You tasted the good word and the powers of the age to come. Now if you look at these scriptures, basically it's speaking about the Messianic Period in the true sense. It has to do with Deuteronomy, where the Bible says God spoke to them and said, I'm going to raise a prophet like unto me. God will raise one unto you. Is that okay? Are you there? And then you go to Isaiah 35, talks about the blind eye, see the lame walk, and all of those stuff. Right? So it was speaking about Jesus Christ. 
the power of the earth. Now, what he's trying to say is, within the period of the Judaistic worship, as it were, Jesus was born, I was performing signs and wonders. All those miracles they saw before Jesus died was speaking of the age that was to come. Are you getting that? So God was not saying, listen to me. By the time I'm through with what my Messiah is representing, this is the kind of life you are going to live on the other side of the cross. I want to reiterate this fact. God will not make a promise without giving an evidence. Did you get that? He said, I'm sending Christ. When Christ comes, this is what he's going to do. That's why you see when he said, go tell John, the blind see, the lame walk. In other words, John should begin to understand I'm stepping into what God said about me to usher in the age that was to come. But while he was doing that, the Jewish system was still going on. The Jewish people have not really come to believe. But thereafter, they begin to believe into him. They begin to experience. I was not trying to tell them when Jesus died and resurrected, this is the kind of life I'm expecting you to live. So speak of the good news of the world. And what does that mean? Somebody had to speak of that which is to come. And what am I sharing with you? The good news of that which is to come. You can taste it before it finally manifests. Are you with me? The good news carries what God is about to do. The good news carries what God has in mind. The good news carries the promises of God. But while you are receiving the good news, you come to a place of tasting. In other words, as we said before, if God is giving you a full basket, He gives you one orange to taste what the whole basket will look like. Are you getting that? In other words, you can taste your life of tomorrow today. Come on, help me, somebody. Did you get what I'm talking about? The glory that God has for you, you can taste it now reason why he wants you to test it because that will give you the drive to continue to believe to the fullness. Hallelujah. If you go down to Ephesians chapter 1, that's a very long, long reading. I don't know if we're going to read that, but let me just read verse 7. Uh, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. Mm? And now you just keep reading and keep reading and keep reading. Let me get down to verse, uh, what verse am I going to stop now? Okay, let me get down to verse, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained what? An inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worked all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. In whom also you trusted after that he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, who also, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Which is what? The earnings of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. What is the Holy Spirit? Our endless inheritance. Possession. In other words, listen. The Holy Spirit being our endless in the heart and endless of the promise inheritance means a security 
given in hand for the fulfillment of all God's promises related to grace and eternal glory. Is that okay? Without the evidence, there is no full glory. Without the realization of the Holy Spirit, there is no immortality. The evidence of the Father you enter into immortality is the Holy Spirit now in your spirit. Is that okay? I'm still emphasizing this fact. God cannot make a promise without evidence. Amen? So we find that this is an indication that immortality will be given at the fullness of time to all who can produce the Arabon or pledge. Watch this. Don't miss this point. Immortality is guaranteed to everyone that can produce the pledge. Because that lady produced the pledge before Judah. Are you listening to me? What qualifies that lady to get the gold was without the ring she was going to produce. <laughs> Come on, I want you to get it because it's very important. In other words, God made a promise to you. He gives you a pledge. If you can maintain your pledge now, you can step into the fullness of the spirit. This is the crush of this message today. Some of you are already testing some good things to come. But if you can maintain it to produce the evidence, you can enter into the fullness of your glory. So don't say God spoke, but I can't see it. You couldn't produce the evidence. Because in coming to redeem, as it were, the promises, God, as it were, seems to be asking you, where is the pledge I gave you? Are you getting this? Now, put it this way. You went to buy something you've not paid complete. And give you a receipt. Huh? And the right pay this, balance this. It is where you balance, you can collect your property. Am I right? Now, the day you are coming to pay the balance, what you, you come with the receipt. Oh, come on. I want you to catch this. God can make all the promises. But when he gives you the evidence, and you can't handle the evidence, you won't be able to enter into the fullness. That is our problem, people. Not that God is not speaking. Not that God is not giving us evidence. He gives you money to show you how your tomorrow will be. You waste the money when you demand for the money. Don't you know God is always asking for the money he gives to you? Remember that? He came to say, well, where is the money I gave you? He said, I didn't work with you. I, I, I kept it. Remember this story? This one I traded. This one I traded. But the key thing is they produce evidence. And what happened? Once they brought the evidence, he gave them greater city. So the money is given to you now is only an evidence of who you are going to be tomorrow. But if you can't handle the money today, you can't enter into your glory. I want you to understand this. That's why you should be prudent with your finance. You should be prudent with the head he has given to you. Don't damage your life by all manner of things that you fed into the system. Glory to God. Is anybody capturing this? To 
me when God started sharing for about two weeks, God had been dealing with me on this. He said, David, listen to me. You can enter into the fullness if you cannot maximize the evidence I've given to you. What I've given to you, leave it in and work with it. Live your life in it. And then you enter into glory. I'm interested in the substance. When I come to manifest the fullness of glory to you, I want to see what you did with the one I gave to you first. <laughs> Are we together? I told you it's not going to be deep. And I'm sure it's not deep. <laughs> Amen. So he who is found there with the endless of God's spirit in his heart shall not only be saved from death, but shall also put on immortality of which the spirit is the pledge, the endless and the evidence. In other words, you must prove what you have for God to let other things to come into your hand. Can I amen to that? <laughs> you live out what you have been promised in a measure for the fullness of coming. Faith is not confession, but a life lived as evidence of what has been promised. For me, faith is not confession. It's a life I live now. Of the evidence of that which have been what? Promised to me. That is faith. It's not confession. It's not a doctrine. It's not an article of faith. Glory to God. If I can't manifest immortality, it's because I couldn't walk with the energy of the Spirit given to me. Because when God makes a demand, where is the proof of the Spirit I gave to you? How do you imagine me to bring you into immortality? Okay, what is the evidence? If you think I promise you that, can I get the evidence? God, you told me I'm going to be a rich man. God said, yes, I said that. But can I get the evidence? If I made a promise, I give an evidence. <laughs> Are you still following what I'm talking about? If that lady has thrown away the staff, thrown away the singlet, thrown away, you understand what I'm talking about? Everything about Judah, there was no way she would have been able to prove her case. You do get the picture. She can't prove her case by no means. What did you say? How did you go? Know? But you say, how do, how, do, how? Me? When? When? When did that happen? How could that be? And the lady had the evidence. And today you have the evidence. Am I talking to somebody? You have the evidence. Your life becoming full tomorrow for those young ones. The evidence is you have your certificate. It's an evidence. And you are marching into glory. Listen to me. Don't you ever get the mindset and the thinking and the feeling that goes around that there is no job in the country. There could still be job for you even there is no job in the country. You just finish first. One step at a time. Are you listening to me? Just get through your school first. There is job in the country. You can get something to do. Are you listening to me? Open up your mind to know that God has given you some evidence. You have to have something to prove. That is why you must be diligent. You must be careful with the life that God has given to you. Whether your physical life or your spiritual life, you have to be careful about it. It's very crucial because it's going to bring... The download is on the way. Are you hearing me? There's a download on the way. There's a fullness on the way. But for you to grab into the fullness, you have to prove the evidence. You must have the evidence. And what am I interested in this subject is because I need to taste some now. Oh, yes. I, I, I'm not talking to someone here. Uh, I'm talking to myself anyway. And I like that to myself. David, you need to taste some money now to prove that you're going to be a rich man tomorrow. 
You need to test it. There have to be some evidence. Am I talking to someone here? So many have to come into your hands. Because you must experience a measure of weight in your life. Are you still there? The earth and the fullness thereof belongs to our Father. And we have to inherit all that is in the earth. Praise the living God. <laughs> I went to the village and somebody told me, say, Pastor, we respect you so much. Well, there is something we think you should be doing by now. So what is that? Everybody here has got a house. You haven't got any house. Are they home? Yes. Oh, simple. If I have to be in my house in this village, it will take me one year. You're only taking two years now. Hallelujah. Because if I have the money, the labor is cheap, everything is cheap. On that one year, I'll finish my building. I'm not in a hurry. I told the person, I'm not in a hurry. I have things I'm settling that what I put in today to take care of the situation is more than enough to have a house in the village. I have to taste some money. Am I talking to somebody? You have to taste some money. So that man will not come and question you unnecessarily. Where is the God that you serve? You are going to prove there is evidence of the God you serve. Am I talking to somebody? Am I explaining myself clearly? Is the scripture plain to somebody this morning? That you have an evidence in your life in the name of Jesus. And because there is evidence, there is fullness. A blessing.